can truly, surely, a sigh of relief that 2022 is in the rear view mirror. There was the untimely death of my father and my gangster sister's health crisis and all of us getting COVID and we didn't die. I am here as a testimony to the survival and thriving. No excuses and no patience for pity parties. I'm gonna be talking about how to glow up as a podcaster or not. Good black news and words of encouragement and shade if you stupid. What I'm reading, the Dallas Cowboys and other things, football and sports. Pop culture news, donkeys donking and side eye shenanigans. I like the part of the podcast where I talked about over 40 dating and other relationship issues. Quark's Bar, dedicated to podcasts, reality, TV recaps. Join me as I fuss and have a moment as I kick and stomp my way through the next iteration of my life. Join me for this rocking good time. And thank you for listening. My show continues to blow up and glow up. I'm seeing an uptick on um, downloads. Um, I'm well over 121K, which just is astounding to me. If it continues at this rate, I will be well over 200,000 downloads, hopefully by summer. I'm manifesting that in my mind. As my show continues to get listened to, I'm finding that um, I'm also seeing an uptick in Popping has this uh, ad program that they insert ads into your program. And I got uh, there are people that have volunteered to insert certain like 30 second programs like mid-roll etc so i'm just thankful um to the listening audience as i proceed in this journey called podcasting i'm just very grateful to everyone that listens and i want you to continue to listen share it with friends send me feedback to timfro is reading at gmail.com or you actually have the ability to leave comments basically on most places where you listen to podcasts. I'm still getting most of my reviews through iTunes. And it's kind of fun, you know, reading that people are, there's so many people out here that um, continue to give me my props, so to speak. Um, they People are enjoying it. They're leaving me five-star reviews. Let's take a look at the chart. Let's see. I have not uh, read uh, many of the reviews thus far for this month, but I am interested in finding out who said what and what are they saying? Are they still enjoying my show? These are some really cool uh, reviews from just this past Saturday. I just started listening and I'm already hooked. Total fan. That is from Alan Berry One. Ted Barter. I've learned so much from this podcast and I've put a lot of what I've learned into action. My organization muscles are growing. Awesome. Thank you, Ted. This is from Michael Hubbard. It's like I have a bunch of dudes listening to this. 
just started listening to your podcast. It's really awesome. I love it. Thank you. I am listening to this podcast almost, I can say, is very useful for me. Keep going. Um, great, highly valuable podcast. Thank you. Must listen. Much needed daily uh, motivation in my life. She's incredible. Listen to her every day. I appreciate that, y'all. Y'all are just really dope. And I'm grateful to everyone that is enjoying the podcast. It's not all about, you know, people leaving you compliments, but I'm digging the compliments. And just keep them coming. Again, the more you guys actually listen to the podcast, it continues to encourage me to continue to put out great content. And I'm going to be very careful in the content that I put out. I want it to be meaningful. I want it to be helpful and at the same time uplifting. And again, thank you to everyone that's listening. Thank you for the five-star reviews. I dig it. It keeps me encouraged. Just keep them coming. I'm continuing to read um, Bevelations, and I'm absolutely actually enjoying it. When I read the book, because I actually have it on my Kindle, I am just kind of, I'm. Just, am I in awe? Yes, I actually am in awe of her life and her experiences. And her just, it's not homespun knowledge, is that she is a very, a, a very good storyteller. She relates um, a, a story in which she actually, Bevy Smith, when she was actually going through her transition period, right after she left Rolling Stones, she used to have these dinner with Bevy's that initially she would charge um, initially like $2,500 to as much as thirty grand when she would hit her stride. Just her brand, just her. I wish I would. I could charge $30,000 for an appearance. I could do a couple of appearances a month and just be flush and make crazy bank. But in Brooklyn, one of the restaurant um, owners wanted to hire her to do dinner with Bevy at his restaurant or his spot um, to attract high rollers and, you know, um, movies or stars. Come to find out, there was an incident at this club or restaurant, and there was a stabbing. And she thought that even though she could have used like 10 or 20 grand, she would have always been tainted. Her image or brand would have been tainted by association um, with that uh, particular incident. And one of her revelations is all money ain't good money. And sometimes taking money from the wrong people will cost you more than you can truly afford to pay back. But she also proved that she could go out and make money representing herself but and just who she is, the fashionista, curvy fashionista with quick wit that she is, and make a grip for it. One of the things that I want to continue to relate as I finish up this book, and I'm actually a little over halfway done. Hopefully by um, my next podcast, I will uh, finish up that but it's it there is a lot of good information in it that I'll continue um to share um throughout uh, my the next couple of weeks, I believe. I also read, bought and read Black Women. Actually, I didn't buy because I have a membership with Kindle Unlimited. I was able to download and read Black Women Shaping the World Across Continents Across Time. And in part, this book. One, I'm hopeful to be able to interview the three, uh, one of the three authors or all of them in an upcoming episode. But our voices, Black women's voices, that is, 
have always been a part of shaping major global change, even though there is a concerted effort to not to erase black and brown people's, especially in particular women's contribution to social change that does not still, even just because people try to erase it, it doesn't change the fact that our, we are actually there. Present, making, shaping, building global change. And it is remarkable that I truly believe, even though Prince William um, doesn't want to admit, I believe white supremacy started with the royalty and imperialism we perfected it and we basically expanded it to a different iteration in Nazi Germany and then apartheid is a version of it um, in South Africa. And I believe if you look throughout the history of colonialism, you'll actually see how white supremacy is basic, is represented throughout the diaspora of African-Americans and throughout the world um, and not just throughout Africa, but also in Southeast Asia, uh, here in America, South America, the, in the guise of conquering imperialism and colonialism, you can see the effects of white supremacy um, and its effect on the minds um, and the spiritual outlook and souls of the people that were colonized. But it's all different versions, but it's the same evil. We have to recognize it and correct course. And we can't just gloss over it. We can't whitewash it. You recognize and you vow and you just continue to go forward and to do better. That's what you have to do. And you also have to cor make corrective course and make it up to the people that were really affected. I think the former it was was kind of a former British colony. You can also see how they could have went the way of Nigeria and some of the other former colonies on the continent. They could have struggled, but Ghana in its success as a world economic force, and it's like it to me. It seems like it's a Wakanda. Uh, out in the open. I wouldn't be surprised um, if it's behind one of the um, interior, it's that false electronic wall and that is what protects. Ghana is basically like the ex, the whole external wall, but Wakanda is um, hidden with just within. The best kept secret in the world and I think it's dope. But they could have gone the way of uh, being police brutality and conspiracies and false genocides, you know, they could have gone to the extreme, devolved into civil war, years of economic struggle and strife, profound corruption, but it seems like they have found the post-colonized balance of success, world power, um, and it is such a safe haven to so many people that a lot of African-Americans are returning, not just Stevie Wonder, but a lot of people are returning and finding love and life and security in Ghana. And that's why I love it. 
Um, in the book itself, it talked about several women um, from the continent that have made a difference, in particular Ghana. Um, I asked you to check it out. It's actually available for immediate download, of course, um, in Kindle Unlimited, um, but I also have a hard copy available to purchase at my Far From Beale Street bookstore. And any thing that you buy from my bookstore not only supports me, but a portion of it goes to support uh, bl other Black-owned um, bookstores and um, Black-owned businesses. So in advance, thank you for shopping. Now on to good Black news. Um, the Image Awards um, televised. I believe it actually t was televised or recorded um, maybe a week ago, and it just showed this past weekend and I was basically in awe of all of the nominees and the award winners. Ahead of the Image Awards, um, Angela Bassett was interviewed by Gail King on CBS Mornings. And I think that what portend her talking about her illustrious career, because she has been in everything, to her Oscar nomination uh, for Wakanda Forever. Everybody's seen this movie twice, maybe three times now. And even though her character was killed, she was so regal and majestic. Like she descends from royalty, I believe. The Angela does. But I was fascinated by the moments they highlighted in the Image Awards. The first public uh, appearance of Brittany Griner and her wife, Sherelle, in public since her ordeal, incarceration, um, false imprisonment in Russia. She is such, she's so freaking tall. What I was mostly annoyed by was she had just, and this is well known, she had cut her locks uh, right before they told her that she was coming home. And it just made me so sad because I still have, if you look back at some of my other posts on my blog, Dale's Angels Inc., you will see uh, her when she was in her glory. She has extended her contract with Phoenix for one more year, and I'm hopeful um, that she will be able to get her hair wrapped or her restart if she so, so chooses um, to restart the journey of growing her locks. I'm just hopeful for that. I am also very happy that Woman King, even though it got dissed by the Oscars, um, it did win several um, Image Awards. Abbott is right up there. Um, let me see what else, who else actually won um, some awards. The Neighborhood, Abbott just cleaned up. Outstanding Supporting Actor, Outstanding Actress in a Comedy Series, Outstanding Supporting Actress, Outstanding Drama, P-Valley. I also have a link to Nico Anand's uh, inspirational speech uh, for the Image Award. Angela Bassett not only won, oh, Brandy Evans, Outstanding Actress in the Drama Series, but Angela Bassett won for 911. Wow. Power Book, Method Man, of course, won. Uh, Loretta Devine, she also won Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Drama Series. I am just also fascinated, because I'm getting ready to go back, because you know I am 
2023 Image Awards fashion. Who lit up the red carpet? Fashion, yes, and fashion knows. What is this? Zendaya, that's interesting. Dwayne, wait, that's a nice um, suit. Yara Shahidi. Ooh, that's pretty. Issa Rae, Janelle Monet. Yeah, what is this? What is going on with Tracy Ellis Ross? Oh, I like the goddess look. I think I actually wore that this at my sister's wedding, but she looks great in that color. Serena Williams looking curvy as always. Why are you letting your bra show? Carrie Washington, I don't like that. Math in this and sneakers. I ain't mad at Method Man. He is rocking that suit in grayscale. Sky of Esther Black. These are interesting. Dominique Thorne, Austin Scott. I don't know who that is. She looks like a, I don't know. Hmm. Not so sure about Brandy Evans's. Timothy Richardson and the bell bottoms. That's funny looking. Black China. Oh, this is a pantsuit. Of course it is. Angela Bassett, her with the puff sleeves in Greta Constantine. Oh, Tyler James. Wow. Nice. Holy crap. Holy. Is that Kenya Moore? Wow. She looks really thin. Oh, that's the um, janitor from Abbott. Ooh, Shirley Ralph. Ooh, that's nice. Mirrored. It's an, that's an interesting dress. I like the cut on her, though. So, actually, you can navigate to E-Online's, uh, their page, to check out the top picks. And actually, I may try to download um, some of these photos in general. And I'm going to leave you with some words from Ben Crump. He received the award for, um, it's like a social justice award. And it really struck me is that there is a fascist conservative disguise as a conservative movement to kind of erase or whitewash our own history with this AP, the college boards and the AP uh, Black History course, they're trying to make an argument that we don't have to teach Black history separate, and they want to basically whitewash our contributions to building this uh, country and the influence on this country. It's like we still have to prove our existence, and we're worthy to have our own history taught. It may offend a whole bunch of good white folks, but I'm sorry if it makes you feel bad about yourself. I'm sorry that if it wakens you up to the crap that your ancestors did. I'm sorry if it, once again, if you roll the tapes, it proves that we do deserve reparations, that you have a lot to make up for, and you are responsible for the mistakes of your ancestors so you will not seek to uh, repeat them. That's what teaching an accurate black history is. Also, why are you going to tell us that none of these things happened to us when we lived it? 
We have the generational trauma. We have the innate memories. I believe most Black people that have been in this country and have survived uh, more than a couple of generations because a lot of our family histories, we don't have in uh, as a part of it, like Angela Davis, the Mayflower, etc. We stop when when our ancestors were listed we can't go back any further because we're listed as chattel on the slave rolls. The United States, as long as it exists, will have years to make up for. You can't have a 400-year genocide and expect to make up for it and got confirmed um, that you're going to get just get it and it's going to be wiped out in just one generation or two generations. There is an ongoing reparations that all of us um, should be paid. And I'm, go I'm an advocate for it. But as long as we protect and he's allowed to function, Ben Crump and those, the activists that work with him, I have a feeling we're going to be all right. But it's. I still have some concerns for our safety. I still have con some concerns about this targeted um, revisionist whitewashing history. And these Republicans in these states are not slick. They are not slick. Nikki Haley, one of the Republican candidates, is calling for mental competency tests for those politicians over the age of 75. What do you think about that? Ridiculous. Would your husband ever take one of those? I mean, we haven't even discussed, we would never even discuss something like that. Why do people keep trying to play in Jill Biden's face? This was the same woman that basically blocked uh, an overzealous anti-Biden protester from rushing the stage like she was playing an, the offensive line f better than most offensive linemen for the Cowboys. Y'all need to stop playing with Big Jill. And especially why I have added Nikki Haley um, to the donkeys uh, list uh. because she is an idiot herself. She knows that a mental competency exam, and it's why it, it's so crazy that after a Republican president leaves the White House, they want to do mental competency on every Democratic president. I don't, I think Joe is not really slow. He's just Joe Biden. What would the mental competency show for Trump? That he's dyslexic, that he's a sociopath, um, Ronald Reagan, he couldn't have passed the memory test because he had pretty, it is well known after it was found out and revealed after he left that he had advanced Alzheimer's disease. And it was, in fact, Nancy basically running our country for those eight years. F screw y'all. Nikki Haley, take many seats. Half of the Republicans would not be able to pass that because I think they're all a bunch of crooks, liars, and sociopaths. And the other donkey goes to, what's this dude's name? He is a former EMT, fired. Robert Long testified that Tyree Nichols told him that he wasn't going anywhere and they're not 
because if he was if going to uncuff him. Yeah, well, he was already beaten unconscious. He was slumped against and dying against that car. So the math ain't mathing. How could he have said any of this when he was already unconscious by the time they you guys arrived? Because they had beaten the shit out of this man. He was not verbal. His face was swollen and his lips were shut. I, what? He couldn't protect his airway. And he was obviously in much he was because he was completely unconscious but y'all didn't get close to him y'all just hung around chill why he's laid against the car and died why are you just sitting to fix your mouth like my grandmother used to say fix your mouth to lie he was already unconscious by the time they got on the scene when they beat the shit out of that boy and you continue to lie and you should have lost your job and dereliction of duty, failure to administer aid, I think that's actually a felony charge. Or at least has to be a misdemeanor here in the great state of Tennessee. However, you also are added to the donkey list. And I kept Murdoch to the now, now, now on the list because the jurors, a couple of jurors have come forth and said that his emotions looked, appeared to be manufactured. That means they could tell he was faking. Um, his emotions were not genuine. Again, the, it just basically they confirmed what I always felt. He was hamming it up for the cameras and he wanted the appearance that he was sorry, but he was only sorry that he got caught. Again, Murdoch to the no, no, no doesn't he can't even act well so go figure so i didn't really find one of the uh reddit feeds to basically talk about on this segment of the program it's just that i felt that i wanted to expand upon my own relationships because two incidents completely platonic um, goes to even friendships when you're over 40 or in this case over 50 and why it's so difficult um, to be why at least why I find it difficult to be in a relation in relationships or you know form new friendships at this age I had someone that I considered a friend and after our less than stellar interaction um, this past December, I question our friendship uh, for the previous few years. This female individual we had met in one of my association with the IT group uh, that I belong to. We shared many stories going back and forth between during the Panorama Pro V. She actually followed her boyfriend um, to from Illinois to another state. And then I get a call where we have a serious conversation where she basically wanted to leave. And I had been doing some marketing and had gotten to the point where I wanted to expand the reach and the of my podcast. So I was making moves and I thought because we she knew what I was working on and she was one of my followers. I want I could see her if she wanted to come I was willing to have her um, stay in my house rent-free until she could get a new position, but in the meantime, she could help me. But 
there were many red flags um, from the beginning. I was still here in Virginia at the time, and I had given her instructions about how to get in my home. And she's absolutely used to doing a lot because she's a former army. She's an army widow, um, used to packing and unpacking because I had let her know the room that she was going to inhabit, the bed needed to be put together. Um, you're going to need to take some of the stuff and put it in the basement, et cetera, et cetera. However, she was there for almost a full three days before I got there, but she was content to crash on my couch, either the one in the front room and the one in the back room, with the remote control in hand and her caftan on her body. Um, strike one. And it took me you know, signing off of my work computer because I was like, no, you can't crash back here. You're going to have to get in the room. I don't want you funking up my, you know, my my um, sofas with your body odor, as it were, but you're going to need to get in the room and do what you said, oh, I wanted you to do. Again, content to have a little corner. Um, she put the robo bed up. She said, oh, this is a nice bed, da, da, da. but it took her a while to get it done. And when she also got there, her start date, because I had her under a contract, her start date was that next Monday. The Tuesday came, the Wednesday came. By Thursday, she still hadn't done a post. She did one raggedy post of some food I made and then she told me, I was like, because I suspected that she had gotten there and she had changed her mind. She was like, oh, I'm so messed up and da 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 da. Um, but I don't really want to do this. I was like, oh, okay. Now you're messing with my bag because I don't get, I can't get bonus play if I don't post reels. So you don't want to do blog posts. So you don't want to um, do. Well, everything that I need for uh, like a production manager. She had no interest in that. She was content with making some calls, trying to get her old contacts from back in the day and gumming my Fritos soaked in chili because she has no teeth. My thing is, if you're supposed to be a chef, why can't you make food and come up with some type of meal delivery service? Why can't you use your talent to get the bag? What irked me about the whole situation was not only were you messing with my money, you were never, your intention was to never work. You're, you lost your hustle. You lost your way. And you thought it was going to be convenient to lay up in my house and basically do nothing. I lost it, completely lost it. And you have to get out of my house. If I walk past the room, you just get up at 10 o'clock. I walk past the room and you're just staring at the computer screen, but there's nothing playing. You're not even taking a class. You're not even trying to expand your skill set. You're not trying to continue to hustle. I don't understand the lack of motivation and a lack of hustle. I can't do that for you, but I I can hustle. I hustle all day long. That's why I'm hustling to give great content 
to do this show because that is who I am, innately who I would want to be. I'm excited about the next chapter. What do I need to do to get this monetized so I can do this all the time? That's all I'm very much interested in. And I'm excited about reading. I'm excited about learning. I'm excited about sharing it with the public. But when you have somebody that just wants to be a lump, you can't roll with me. I can't, I can't do the heavy lifting. I'm, I can't drag everybody kicking and screaming to where I need to go because I get distracted. I can't, I didn't even produce a lot of episodes even during that time because her gloom and doom was just so palpable. I needed her to get out. I asked her to leave my house. I don't know where she is. And frankly, I really don't care. If you And if you also ask me the question, is this going to affect our friendship? Hell yes, it is. Because you have proven, you told me who you were. You were lazy. You have no drive. And I can't roll about being people. I'm about building my brand. Those words are not associated with my brand. So you got to keep it pushing. Also, I don't do other people's grief. A former neighbor of mine had a relationship with my father. I mentioned that he tragically uh, was killed, passed away uh, March of 2022. The guy that lives next door to him wants to go over and find out what do we know and wants to basically unload his grief and help me deal with his grief. I paid somebody to help me with my grief. Daniel Latham, great psychologist on um, Talkspace. But I don't want to do that for everybody. I'm going to say you need to see your therapist. You, this is how I dealt. This is what I did. And how dare you, how dare you uh, try to force me to be your free therapist or force any type of relationship. I'm very suspicious and of letting people in, not just because I don't want to be hurt, but I'm just kind of lazy. I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I can't write you a script. You need to do the heavy psychological liftings for yourself. If you want motivations, you can listen to my podcast and I can motivate you about some of my own activities and the things that I'm reading. But one-on-one, -on -one, no, that I don't do free. So you need to, again, need to keep it pushing. Platonic relationships are very difficult because the expectations can be excessive. Um, you got to set boundaries and it's all, it really is about self-protection. I can roll with you, but you can't ask me to do more than what I'm willing to do, from a, especially from a psychological standpoint. And so many of us that make it to this age have so much psychological baggage. They need, want somebody to help them lift the baggage. No, I'm going to help you check your baggage, and then I'm going to keep going to the gate the, and to get my first class seat. But you can't bring all that baggage with you if you're trying to get to your next stage. You really can't. All I can strongly suggest is to get into intense therapy, unpack and unload the shit that is going to keep you from glowing up. And that's all I got to say about that. Space, the final frontier. 
the stories can contain within this content are the after 5 p.m. and before 8 p.m. escapades of the middle-aged space nerd with the fro. Continuing to talk about things that only interest me for bonus content. I will talk about space news, pop culture in space and shop talk, ramen, and break down the latest episode of Star Trek, whatever is coming out from the latest franchise. And also whatever is popping in my head. If you're up for this journey, just know that this is a metered, shade-laced opinion. If you don't agree, don't subscribe, but I hope you will. And thanks for the support. Being able and freed up to create this podcast has been a godsend. And it has allowed me to start to think about and firmly create bonus content for my Patreon channel as well as for the Melanated Nerd. And it's been really fantastic. I've had, I've started on a whole campaign to rebrand um, to Tim Fro's Bar and my discussion of the third episode of Picard, probably I'll be able to post some information about the fourth episode um, with next week. Also, I have some views on the NFL Combine that basically I believe is getting ready. It's I think it ended Friday some of the prospects there's still some movement as far as tony pollard uh with the dallas cowboys and then we are well into march madness and for the first time ever i plan on working out my ncaa bracket so that should be fun and i'm thinking about also uh to have getting some tequila as well as tacos. I did see at the ABC store the crockery that I literally saw on Real Housewives of Potomac when they were in Mexico. They actually have a high-end tequila, and I think I was more in love with the bottle than anything. But look out for that um, coming up this Thursday or Friday on my Tim Froze Bar as well as shop talking, other side-eye and shady uh, views. And just let me know what you think. And that's all I got to say about that. The Shady Bunch, the Shady Bunch. I hope turning up for checks to pay for fake lifestyles were to be a part of the Shady Bunch. This is semantics. What you did was make her feel a certain way. The issue for him is that it seems bigger when you say he did something. You know and what I mean? And that he's a sneaky say, link and that he wanted I'll, to see I if I was with him. You didn't apologize. Um, I'm apologizing to him right now. That's not an apology. <laughs> uh, no, no, she she said, I'm apologizing you. you. That's yeah. what she was For calling saying. you that, Chris, I apologize. When I saw that back, I was like, that I should not have said that. And I apologize for that. Giselle revealed that you apologized to her after you wrapped filming 
uh, the finale party. I went to production. I said, look, this is Candace's event. I don't want, I'm not talking about this with anybody, which is why I got really mad at you at, at the end as well. But I just, I wanted Candace to have her moment. And what I texted Giselle after that event, or I'm sorry, I, that was an actual DM. I yes. actually went and DM'd, yes. not a story, it was a Correct. DM. And I said, if I did something to make you feel a way, I apologize. But I do not appreciate the way that things were said and the wording. And, and I said in my confessional th that I had during the season, one of the reasons I didn't want to apologize is because it makes it look as if I'm wrong. So is anybody else completely annoyed with this, the ending of this? They touch on a lot of stuff. And I just am annoyed because if you, there's like three things that you can do to me that'll really tick me off. And I'm petty and vindictive. And if you do these three things, I will get your ass. Mess with my money. Mess with my food. Mess with my sleep. You do any of this shit, I will light your ass up. And I'm really ready to go off on everybody on Bravo. How dare you waste my time with this silly-ass three-part reunion? Who does that? I don't understand why it had to be in three parts. I don't understand the seating arrangement. It was dumb. Candace should have had her whole seat next to you with peacock feathers around her and stars. They should have started off with this dispelling of this false narrative between Chris Bassett and Giselle. And I want to pause it there for just a second because I needed to find this clip. That message was sent before we saw all of the disgustingly egregious things that she added to this story. The 15 different versions that she told to whomever would listen. What did I say that was different? You don't remember all the stories you told? What did I say so that was different? So Chris is a sneaky link. He's complaining about his wife. In so he was letting me know he's not happy. Okay, maybe I was supposed to say, oh, I can make you happy. He's a sneaky link. You're used to men trying to get with you and you thought Chris was trying to see if you were with it. Many a married man have tried me and I felt like it was a situation in which he was trying to see if I was with it. And I apologize for that. To whom did you apologize? I will, I'm, I'll apologize to you and I'll apologize to him for saying you that. You did or you will? I, I'm apologizing to you. When? Right now. And I will apologize to him for that term. Okay. Because I he didn't... I didn't need to say that. She puts a little sauce on things sometimes. She puts no, a little no, sauce I, on it. Not needed. She this did. Is, this she is did. the most the incredible gaslighting. Feel because like this was I, rooted I, no. in disingenuous she, behavior. So you think, about you this you think she in never, in fact, felt uncomfortable? No, no, no. no. She oh. I feel got, like both of us, yes. We got in the SUV, told me this. and the first thing she said to yes. me was, Chris asked me to have a private conversation in my Bedroom, and you told me, and that. I did not feel comfortable. Period. That's that not it was false. discussed with okay. him as well. well that, that was never the issue. issue. So the issue is so that you that that talked he, about that it on she camera. waited until it was appropriate for her Got it. to earn her check. And now, because the question has been posed to the table, you all of a sudden want to slide in an apology. No, I'm not sliding Please it in. Take the apology me. and shove it up your ass. Ah! Okay, 
so this is how I felt most of this contrived season. And I've watched a fair, now I've watched a fair amount of the shenanigans that go on in other iterations of this franchise. I still believe that season nine and maybe 10 of Atlanta, Real Housewives of Atlanta was bombed. Um, The seasons before uh, Joe Gudice got um, deported was pretty good on Jersey. Never quite understood the racist undertones of Dallas, but I was completely there for the shenanigans of Jen Shaw before she got arrested. And unlike Kenya Moore's husband that thought these shows were the worst representation of Black women on TV, he's probably right. But that's not why people tune in. They're like me. They tune in to hate watch most of it. I'm also tuned in to see the crazy shit that Candace Diller Bassett is going to say. And if somebody's not going to arrive back and pop her in the head like Monique did in season five, because she says some crazy shit and I'm here for all of it. But I was also waiting. What really ticked me off during this reunion that made me so mad and I stayed up for is nobody held Giselle accountable for the bullshit apology she gave Candace. That's why she told shove it up her ass. The BS bullshit, you know, she apology she gave Chris Bassett because 10 months later and he she literally messed with his livelihood but nobody held her to the fire. I believe she actually has another show. She literally has another show um, with her and Candace. I want to see how this is going to act. I'm going to probably hate watch that too. Uh, uh, Ultimate Girls Trip. They're going to be out of the country in Thailand. I want to see how that goes down. I want to also see if if Giselle gets Montezuma's re- revenge because they picked up her bubble guts on microphone. And I don't think they addressed that. We heard her stomach rumbling um, when she ate that bad uh, fajitas when they were down in Mexico for Ashley's birthday. We heard her stomach rumbling. Nobody mentioned that. There were just so many real things that I thought was hilarious that didn't even come up on the show. They didn't fully address the serious allegations between the assistant coach at Coppin State, they did not seriously address Juan of probably forcing his roommate to withhold information about his cheating on her. And that's why they did not have that cheating clause in the prenup if they actually signed it. Because why did she have to get married? There was no reason for her to marry his bum ass, you know, and he doesn't want to cooperate for whatever reason. But I think her participation on this franchise is the only way that they're going to stay solvent because push come to shove, Coppin State going to fire his ass. I haven't read anything, but I actually suspect that. I don't think that this surface and vapid 
non-reality show is the right place to address a serious conversation like colorism. Because they've been talking about this on and off since 2016, you know, when the show actually debuted. So I can't see them going taking a deeper dive. You know, the Carlos Kings and the Campfire and the other dude for Make It Make Sense. Y'all, stop it. They're not going... How are you expecting depth from the most vapid people on um, television? It's not going to happen. People like me don't expect it to happen. So y'all need to have many seats. But people like me are also going probably continue to rage watch um, this show because, one, we don't have anything else to do. But also, two, we want to see the mess. We want we don't want them to act respectable. We want to see people getting punched in the head and throwing blows, talking reckless, and then daring people to hit them, and then they do. That's the shit we want to see. And when if you don't expect that, um, if you don't have combat coverage, then you absolutely on the wrong show because this is that franchise. It's messy, it's brutal, and it represents the worst of society. So why y'all tripping? I'm also still annoyed with Karen thinking she's the grand dame of what? Her house is rented. She has no talent. She don't even have a fucking degree. And Ray isn't as rich as he was back in the day. And some of that was probably fraudulent. Goodbye. Y'all need to take uh, many notes from the Jersey girls and definitely from the Atlanta girls. Living high and on the hog and then get caught. At least none of y'all, from what I can understand, are going to get deported like Judice. But goodbye. Why y'all want this to be something that's not? I expect it to be exactly what it is. Unrealistic, messy, and garbage TV. Because that's the only reason why I tune in. And that the only disappointing thing was, no, it did not need three parts. No, the unseen video of Andy Cohen interviewing Robin and her not giving him a straight answer was absolutely useless for me to stay up late and lose sleep over because she didn't say anything that wasn't in the blogs and what we didn't know. She didn't take culpability for anything uh, and putting the real story behind a paywall. And that's why she got paid on the show, but she rolled with this false narrative. Girl, bye. Can't stand you. And I know they're not going to fire you because it appears that the production staff genuinely likes her. They ain't going to fire this bitch. If they even relegate her or demote her to a friend of the show, because she got some serious shit going on in her real life that her roommate won't let her answer. But it would make great TV. But we know why. He cussed her out for asking him and putting about the prenup initially when he drove off on her in park. Y'all remember that episode? Girl, bye. We ain't got time for the BS. We ain't got time for the douchiness of your now two-time loser husband. We good. 
But I know they ain't going to fire her. I just, because it there appeared to be no falling on the sword. She didn't apologize for shit. We didn't get new tea. And it was a waste of my time to watch that last part, the last five, ten minutes of the episode. The best thing about the last part of the episode was when they played Candy and Insecure. Because I have downloaded it. I dig it, and I've watched the video. I'll probably go ahead and watch that episode again uh, when she debuted the video, um, had the video watch party, because that was the most interesting thing from this, probably this last season. It was real. It was artful, and I'm really a super fan of Candace. I don't think she had her, her fans actually have a name. At least it's not contrived like that weak-ass, non-talented sleeping around drunk as uh, uh Karen Huger. I have I I want to give her all the smoke. I thought they were going to I think probably Chris bought them the smoke, but a lot of it ended up on the editing room floor because it's like they are they are remiss to paint that non-brother in a more positive light. I'm not sure if production actually really likes him that much, but what they do and disparaging um, clips of him, even with the Muppet, even though it was not true, even though he is successful in his own right, in production, it just seems like in production minds, it doesn't make for good TV. And that's why I do agree with Carlos King. Production ain't shit. They really aren't. And that's all I got to say about that. And that's it for this episode of 10 Fro is Reading. You know, I talked cash-ish all last year. I hope the listening audience will continue to enjoy my opinion and not so subtle shade. I mean, I'm 2,000 listeners per episode in, so go run tell that haters. I may take it on the road if I get hint, hint sponsorship, navigate to dalesangelsinc.blog for swag and extended podcast notes. Don't forget to hit like or leave a five-star review. It gets me on top of the algorithms and it may just get you on my show. 2023's motto is boss up and get the bag. And as always, tell a friend and thank you for listening. <laughs>